0: We've got a lot of focuses on health care and what is happening at this moment and some of it tonight is of course has been post-pandemic from long-term care and the political reaction to the move to move people to just the report from the Canadian Medical Association there on doctors and how they're feeling after the pandemic and some of them of feeling depressed and wanting to leave their jobs or even suicide. Well, here's something else that, that the word, the brain fog, the condition, certainly came into focus during the pandemic. It seemed like a symptom of COVID. Many people who have long COVID are reporting a continuation of this. It isn't just COVID. We've seen it connected with other situations where people feel that they cannot focus, they cannot use the words they want to use. Well, the good news is, and we love good news, certainly in the medical community, that scientists are finally starting to understand brain fog and how to treat it. Off we go to Los Angeles. We're joined by Dr. Zaldi Tan, Medical Director for the Jonah Goldrich Center for Alzheimer's and Memory Disorders at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in LA. Dr. Tan, good evening. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Good evening, Arlene. Thanks for having me.
0: Exciting news, this term brain fog, really getting a lot of attention connecting to COVID, and as I said, other things. Uh, What was the route where scientists and doctors are finally starting to understand what it is?
1: Yeah, it's really uh, interesting because, as you know, COVID is is still... Um, two three years into the pandemic, is still um, a largely mysterious illness because it is um, attacks several different organs, and and the way that our immune system reacts to it pretty much determines sort of the longer symptoms of the disease, and therefore there's a lot of variability between individuals. But as you said, a, seg- a segment of uh, the people who are um, who are affected by COVID then go on to develop long COVID, and Some people who have long COVID have primarily neurologic symptoms, and specifically cognitive symptoms, wherein they have difficulty with focusing, uh, their thinking becomes sluggish, and they have memory lapses. Uh, And these are the people that we call brain fog. And, And this is an active area of investigation, but there are now more things that we know about it.
0: Do they know where it's centered? Do you know? Can you see brain fog or is it something that's just it comes to your attention because people describe it? Is there a physical source or ailment that we can see in the brain?
1: There is, but it's usually um, in an um, in experimental model. So uh, if one were to do um, a regular neurologic exam, uh, if one were to do a CAT scan or even an MRI, nothing might show up. In fact, likely nothing will show up. Uh, it's not like a stroke or multiple sclerosis where there are uh, specific findings that you can see on neuroimaging or, or neurologic and physical exam. But the most of the manifestation is really coming from the patients. Patients will tell us mm-hmm. that since getting COVID, um, they've recovered but there's that sense of fuzziness, that sense of uh, difficulty concentrating, difficulty uh, remaining alert. Uh, And so this subjective complaint is what we receive from patients. And when uh, studies have been done, uh, the the culprit in the molecular or or biological level seems to be um, a couple of things. First, there is increase in inflammation, what we call neuroinflammation. As you know, inflammation is our body's way of fighting off infection. Um, and and that is the main way that we get rid of COVID and recover from COVID. But unfortunately, our immune system some, somehow becomes hyperactive or overactivated, and we have these uh, inflammatory cells that then uh, cross the blood brain barrier and cause inflammation in the brain. That seems to be one of the major mechanisms. The other me- mechanism is that, um, at least in theory, the, the, the virus itself might cross the blood brain barrier again to the brain. And cause disruption of the microstructure of the brain, and that may be one of the reasons why uh, some individuals experience this.
0: How do you treat it? What kind of breakthroughs are making this go away?
1: Yeah, so that is the million-dollar question, yeah. isn't it? Because um, um, you know, there, you know, inflammation is not something that can easily be suppressed. Uh, you know, uh, when, when we have faulty inflammation, typically we. We provide prescribed steroids or uh, or you know anti inflammatories things like that. But the brain is a is a protected space. So in a sense, um, it's not easy to suppress inflammation. And even if you were to prescribe steroids, that can also cause uh, cognitive symptoms. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so what do
0: you do? What, what's helping easy. this? Mm-hmm. What's helping? So what this, we then?
1: we usually recommend patients who have these symptoms, Arlene, is is um, to adjust to it and then to monitor it. So there is no one pill or one you know intravenous infusion that one can give to get rid of long COVID. If that were if it were that easy, then it would not be uh, a topic of conversation right now. But fortunately, at least for, from anecdote, uh, a lot of these cases do get better and in, in most cases go away. Uh, so what we what we advise patient is to make sure that they take care of their their health, meaning sleep, um, uh, lower stress, uh, don't um, uh, don't uh, expend too much energy uh, in in difficult tasks that may put them at risk, uh, exercise, as well as eat healthily, and then make sure that they have someone with them at home or 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 monitoring them to make sure that if it does get worse, that they get to a hospital where where it can be uh, treated and monitored.
0: So it does go away, and when it goes away, does it leave any any traces? Uh, does it leave any damage, or are you seeing people return to normal completely?
1: The vast majority of people return to normal completely. Um, the the longer term effects is still being actively studied. Uh, as you know, uh, COVID affects people of all ages, all um, um, baseline or, or, um, or pre-morbid, what we call it before the illness, uh, uh, cognitive function. Some people already have beginning uh, memory issues and are older. So for those people, it might be harder to bounce back. But for most young people, who younger people who have had it, our experience is that they have bounced back. It just takes longer. So meaning we have no indication that COVID leads to Alzheimer's disease or dementia if, if it didn't already exist in the first place,
0: but we're also seeing this in children and young people, aren't we? Finally, when they've had COVID,
1: that's right. Uh, this multi-system inflammatory syndrome uh, has been seen particularly in older children, adolescents, and uh, and it does. Uh, one of the manifestation is this uh, this uh, brain fog they call it, and again, it goes back to inflammation. Our yeah. body is trying to fight off infection and in the process may overproduce these what we call inflammatory cytokines, interleukin-6, TNF-alpha, and it just takes a bit of time for our bodies to, to then uh, shut down the immune system, the hyperactive immune system, and all of these cytokines to clear out. So it just right. that's the time. good
0: news. That is good news. We need good news in the world today. Dr. Zaldi Tan, thank you for delivering it. We appreciate it. Take care take care. Dr. Zaldi Tan is a medical director for the Jonah Goldrich Center for Alzheimer's and Memory Disorders at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in LA. Marlene Bunn, and this is On Point.